forgive me for my nervousness, but uh, I'll do the best I can. I guess. Um, I'm going to do Dave and Goliath um, in 4 Samuel chapter 17, verses 1 to 58. It's going to be a long one, a long, uh, a long chapter because you know, I was sitting down during the night and um, I couldn't break it down into a few phrases because you know, it's, Dave and Goliath is the whole, it's the whole chapter. And then um, I'll just give a little, uh, a little recap on chapter 16. We, uh, we saw how David was anointed um, as God's chosen king, how he was picked out from his brothers, and um, how an evil spirit tormented Saul, and how David comes into Saul's presence. That only David with the Lord with him made the evil spirit leave with his heart. And he was playing his music. But um, I'm just going to start with David and Goliath. 4 Samuel chapter 17, verses 1 to 58. I'll just start reading. Um, now the Philistines gathered their forces for war and assembled at Sukkah in Judah. They pitched camp at Ephes Damon between, between Sukkot and Asiha. Saul and the Israelites assembled and camped in the valley of Elah and drew up their battle line to meet the Philistines. The Philistines occupied one hill and the Israelites another with the valley between them. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. He was over nine feet tall. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze, weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze, bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine, and are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subjects. But if I overcome him, and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the, Philist the Philistines said, This day I defy the ranks of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. Now David was the son of a Nephorite named Jesse, who was from Bethlehem in Judah. Jesse had eight sons, and in Saul's time, he was old and well advanced in years. Jesse's three oldest sons had followed Saul into war. The firstborn was Elab, the second Abindab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest. The three oldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul 
to tend his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward every morning and evening and took his stand. Now Jesse said to his son David, take the ephah and roast of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to the camp. Take along these 10 cheeses to the commander of their unit. See how your brothers are and bring back some assurance from them. They were with Saul and all the men of Israel in the valley of Elah, fighting against the Philistines. Early in the morning, David left the flock with a shepherd, loaded up and set out. As Jesse had directed, he reached the camp as the army was going out to his battle positions, shouting the war cry. Israel and the Philistines were drawn up, their lions facing each other. David left his teams with the keeper of supplies, ran to the battle lines and greeted his brothers. As he was talking to them, Goliath, the Philistine champion of Gath, stepped out from his lions and shouted his usual defiance, and David heard it. When the Israelites saw the man, they all ran from him in great fear. <coughs> now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy Israel. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will accept his father's family from taxes in Israel. Verse 26. David asked the men standing near him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should avoid the armies of the living God? They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, this is what will be done for the man who kills him. When Elah, David's oldest brother, heard him speak with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the desert? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. Now, what have I done, said David? Can't I even speak? He then turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And the men answered him as before. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And Saul sent for him. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of the Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Saul replied, you are not able to go out against the Philistine and fight him. You are only a boy, and he has been a fighting man from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep when the lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock. I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from his mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Verse 36, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear 
will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and let the Lord be with you. And Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. Then he took his staff in his hand, chose five smooth stones from the stream, put them in the, in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, and with his sling in his hand approached the Philistine. <clears throat> Verse 41. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bearer in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over and saw that he was only a boy, ruddy and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistines cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the boards of the air and the beasts of the field. David said to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, for I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will hand you over to me, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. Today I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the boards of the earth and the beasts of the earth, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. Verse 48. As the Philistines moved closer to attack him, David ran, ran quickly, quickly towards the battle line to meet him. Reaching into his bag and taking out the stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone, the stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the scabbard. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Verse 52. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Elgron. Their dead were strewn all along <clears throat> the Shanrim road to Gath and Elgron. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. 55. As Saul watched David's as Saul watched David going out to meet the Philistine, he said to Abner, commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this young man? Abner replied, 
As surely as you live, O king, I don't know. The king said, find out who, whose son this young man is. As soon as David returned from killing the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul. With David still holding the, the Philistine's head, whose son are you, young man? Saul asked him. David said, I am the son of your servant Jesse of Bethlehem. Amen. <clears throat> so David and Goliath, probably one of the most well-known chapters and personally one of my favorites. Um, comparing the two characters, David and Goliath, shows, shows us how God uses the small things against the big things. Um, shows us one of God's characters, how he shows us that nothing is too big for God to defeat. I was just going to do a little, little background on the two characters, on David and Goliath. And I'll start with David. Oh, sorry, I'll start with Goliath. Goliath was a champion for the Philistines, Philistines in those days. And in those days, before a big battle would start, both armies had a choice to use their champions to fight in, uh, in single combat. And the winner, the winner had victory and won the battle, and the loser would have to submit and accept defeat. And this was to avoid a massive bloodshed in battle. So they would, uh, they would use their best champions to fight, to fight one another to, um, to avoid a, a massive blood, bloodshed. Um, and Gloria was nine feet tall. And if you, if you take your sit-room door and you take another sit-room door and you half it, that would roughly be about nine feet tall. So you can imagine the size of it. It was huge. <clears throat> and um, his armor was all, all, all bronze. And bronze is it's a heavy metal. So you can picture, you know, with all that bronze on him, how big he was, you know, how probably muscly he was. And um, he insulted Saul and the Israelites. With his strength and intimidation, he put fear into the hearts and minds of Saul and his army. But in God's eyes, he was no different than anyone else. Gloria was only a man. And just a bit on David. Now, I love David. David is probably one of my favorite uh, people in, in, in the Bible. You know, basically, you can't stop talking about David. There's so much about him. Well, I'll just give a few little, little lines about him. And uh, David, David was a young boy who was a shepherd. And even as a shepherd, as a sheep. What I mean by that is like, he took on a line and a bear that that took one of the sheep and killed him and he got the sheep back. He was full of love and fearless because he loved God. He fully trusted in God. There was no fear in him. God chose David because he knew his heart. This was a boy who stood up to a joint with only a sling, a slingshot and five pedals, no armor, no shield or a sword. 
And David went on to be the greatest king in Israel. He was also an, an, an ancestor of Jesus Christ. And described by God himself as a man after his own heart. But like us all, he had weaknesses and made mistakes. And uh, there's one part in the, in, the, in the story here that you know, I had to really think about. And it's, it's a bit of a history lesson for us. Um, I would ask myself, why, why for 40 days would they line up for battle every morning and evening? And I was thinking and thinking and thinking. And it kind of it dawned on me, it's actually a tactical, a tactical disadvantage for whoever attacked first. So this was because of the terrain. If you think about it, both armies were camped on both sides of the valley. So you have your valley and then one army on one slope and the other army on the other slope. So basically whoever attacked first would uh, would basically have massive massive casualties at the start because they would have to go uphill against the defending army. So whoever whoever fought uphill basically was at a disadvantage because you were tired, carrying all that weaponry, shields, armor. You were just exhausted even before you met your enemy. Um. So um. So to my conclusion is that both sides waited for the other side to attack. So basically, whoever attacked force, they were going to lose, basically. Um, and that's that little history lesson for you. <laughs> so David knew God was with him and would give him victory. The, Israel, the Israelites forgot about God. They ran in fear, and even the king saw forgot about God and God's past victories, what God gave them in, in, in past battles. And even when, even when God brought them out of Egypt, they've basically forgotten all about that. But not David. One shot between the eyes brought the joint down and the Philistines ran in fear. It showed that God has victory over everything, big or small. God will fight for you and will, and we, and all we have to do is trust him. In this chapter, we learn victory only comes from God. There is no other way. So ask yourself the question. In your life, when you go up against the biggest challenges in life, do you trust God or like the Israelites, be run in fear and have no hope? Or, like David, stand your ground no, God has this. All he asks for is you to trust him. God can take up any situation, big or small. Nothing is hard for him. Give him the glory. Are you a David? Fearless, trusting, standing up. In faith, even against impossible odds. Everything is possible. God is our champion. And I just picked out a few verses, um, not a few verses, sorry, a few um, a few chapters about trust. And you don't have to go through, you don't have to follow me in the Bible. I'll just read them out and you can look at them yourselves later on if you want. And 
But let's start off in Psalm chapter 56, verses 3 to 4. When I am afraid, I will trust in you. God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mortal man do to me? That's a nice verse. In Psalm chapter 14, verse 5, but I trust in your unfailing love, my heart rejoices in your salvation. And in Isaiah, Chapter 26, verses 3 to 4. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. In Psalms, chapter 40, verse 4. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust. He Sorry, who does not look to the proud, who does not, those who torn aside from false gods. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. In Psalms, Chapter 57, verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will do this. And that's just, if you just there's loads more verses about trust, trust in the Lord. And, you know, trust is a big thing for us to have as Christians. Without trust, we, we cannot do anything ourselves. But if you trust God, he will fight for you and deliver you. So next time a situation pops up, give it to God, trust him, and see what happens. You will be amazed. And I'll just, I'll just finish off in prayer. Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that I could I could preach to my brothers and sisters, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that, that your message came out, Lord. And Lord, we do ask that you help us to trust you, Lord, when, when big situations arise, Lord. Help us to be like David, Lord. Stand our ground and know that you will give us victory, Lord. When a situation as big as Goliath comes towards us, Lord, we trust you, Lord, that you will give us the victory. And Lord, we just thank you that we can be to here, we can be together as brothers and sisters, Lord. Learn your word, Lord, helping us to grow. We just thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.